Welcome to How Now, the podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. And here's your host, Kim Martin Raymond. Blessings. This is Kim Martin Raymond, host of the How Now podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. And welcome to another episode. We are pleased to have you all here. Again, I'm Kim Martin Raymond. I am a minister, spiritual life coach, author, and I am also the founder of Redefining You, where I help my clients to realign themselves, mind, body, and spirit. I am happy to be back here again with my guest from last week. We had uh, our soul friend and storyteller, Carl McColeman, and his lovely wife, retired educator and artist, Fran McColeman. And they joined us to talk about family members that were chronically ill. And I've asked them to come back because a big part of, of you know, being able to you know, go through any aspects of our life is you know, there's a requirement of prayer. You know, we, we, we pray for our family members. We pray in all things. We pray for this pandemic. We pray for all the situations that are going on around us. And, you know, prayer was a big part of that. And Carl is a prolific writer. I love his books. I love all of the wonderful things that, that he is doing to uh, help people to, you know, tap into spiritual, spirituality and and mysticism, and there are so many facets of, of prayer that, um, you know, I think that he addresses in many of his publications, and um, he spoke briefly about um, a chapter in his book, Unteachable Lessons, and I'll put it up for those who have an opportunity to see this. Um, this was one of his um, latest publications. He has another one that's coming out, and he'll talk about that a little later on, but unteachable lessons. He talks about prayer. He talks about some experiences that he had uh, as a youngster. And so we really want to tap into, you know, what prayer is about. And, and uh, the title of tonight's show is Prayer, an Invitation into the Miracle of the Present Moment. So of course, as we talk about how now, we talk about the present moment, you know, we want to be able to tap into that. And that is an invitation and then we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. So again, welcome Carl and Fran back to the show. I'm excited to have you here and I'm gonna let Carl take it away. Okay, thank you, Kim. It's, it's a delight to be back with you. Um, yeah, prayer is a big topic. Yes. And, and there are many different ways to think about prayer, many different ways to approach prayer. But I think I wanna begin by just, um, offering this idea that at its heart, prayer is a love story. Mm. Prayer is a love story. And it only stands to reason because we know from the New Testament, from the first letter of John, that God is love. I think those are the three most important words in all of scripture, Old Testament, and New Testament. God is love. In fact, I would argue every other verse in the Bible needs to be read in the light of that in the light of that verse. And so too with prayer, that prayer is best understood in light of the God who is love. And I like to say love with a capital L. Yes. 
God who is the source of love, the fountain of love, the, um, the beginning and the end of love. And so because God is love, it's God's nature to love and God loves to love us. God longs for us and desires us with all of God's heart and that God wants to be in intimate relationship with all of us. And so when we feel an urge to pray, I mean, even if it's, you know, you're, you're, you're late for a meeting and you need that parking spot, you know, oh Lord, <laughs> please, you know, give me that parking spot. I'm going to go to church every Sunday for the next two years. <laughs> give me that parking spot. And then the parking spot opens up and you say, never mind, I found it. You know, but, um, but the, I mean, that was a bad joke. There, but, no, but no, we're taking it. The reality is though, that even that urge to pray because, because you are in a moment of need, you know, you need a parking spot, you need, you know, you need a positive result from a medical test, whatever may be going on, that urge to pray comes from God's love for us, that it's God's love for us put into our heart. Scripture says that the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. That's Romans 5, 5, if you want to check it out. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's just this wonderful, um, this wonderful adventure that we are being called into. Now, I, as I know, as I say these words, there may be some people who think, well, you know, I was taught to fear God. You know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I was taught that God is a wrathful God. And that if I don't, you know, if I don't do just the right thing, accept Jesus or whatever it might be, that God's going to punish me for all of eternity. And I know that kind of language is out there. I, I, I understand that. But once again, I think God is love is the baseline. And that when we talk about, you know, if, if God is calling us to repent from our sins, it's because God wants something better for us right. in what, than what sin creates in our lives. Yeah. You know, it's everything in terms of the God-human relationship is always motivated by love, and it always invites us back into love. And so, you know, I think that if we can really, really know in our hearts that God is unconditional, unlimited love, then suddenly prayer is something we want. Prayer is something we hunger for and we desire. We desire in every you know fiber of our being. And so you know, and 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 we're messy human beings. We have good days and bad days. You know, so the most people they desire God, and then maybe they want to keep God at arm's length. That that's a normal human experience. Right. But God is patient. God's love never changes. Yeah. And so if if we're pushing God away. God patiently keeps calling us and beckoning us. And when we, when we make that decision to just open our heart and to say, you know, here I am, Lord, you know, come and, and be in my life. Come and be in my heart. Come and let me be immersed in that love. Mm -hmm. Then the adventure is just there and it just, it just continues. So that's, you know, I guess what, what, I would, what I would say to begin with. Anything you want to yeah. add to that or? Yeah. <laughs> she said, Sounds good, honey. <laughs> That's wonderful. But yeah, just like you said, it's it, it's a it's you, you had those people who who think of, of prayer as like, you know, it's it's this cosmic vending machine where they're just like, okay, come on, guys, you know, and they pull down the handle and they're just like, Yeah, you know, come on, you know, no snake eyes, you know, and and people get they get caught up in and like you said, just it becomes 
you know, conditional. You know, yeah. yeah, I want that parking spot. So, you know, then once you get it, then you forget to, to thank him for, you know, what you just prayed for. Or, you know, it, it, it's just such, it's such a, a touchy topic because I think some people just don't quite understand, you know, what prayer looks like. Some people want to just say, you know, you have to be prostrate on the floor. You know, some people, you have to have your eyes closed. Some people just believe in looking up. Some people are even looking down. There are just so many aspects. And, and just how would you tell someone, I guess, about, you know, if they had to think about how to pray? Because we know that in the scriptures, it speaks, you know, when, when, you know, God talks about, you know, this is how you are to pray, our Father who art in heaven, you know, and he tells us how we are to pray. But, you know, you have people who put their spin on it. You know, it has to look like this. What are your thoughts about that? Well, oh boy. Um, <laughs> so, Easy question. Yeah, you know, and I, I think, for, first of all, I, I have a very broad approach to prayer. I, I think there are many different ways to pray. Yes. And so I'm not in the business of saying, well, this way is the right way and this way is the wrong way. You know, there's, um, yeah, there's praying out of a book, you know, praying words on a page, like our father who art in heaven, you know, or memorized prayers, you know, Fran and I, we're, we're old school, we still say grace before all of our meals. And it's, it's a memorized prayer. But it's meaningful, you know, for us, it's meaningful to have that moment of saying thank you. Um, there's also, you know, just praying from your heart, you know, just just opening up what's on your heart to God, just using your own words. Uh, sometimes if you're not, if you're new to that, that can be awkward, but once you really get into it, it's, it's so meaningful and so rich. Um, I believe it's, it's, it's a good thing to use your imagination in prayer, like imagining what it's like to have a conversation with Jesus. And that's the word. Heart to heart, face to face kind of a conversation or imagine, even imagining being in a Bible story. What would it have been like to have been there when he was feeding the five thousand, or on the boat in the middle of the storm? You know, the um, the there was a, a a Spanish saint, Saint Ignatius, who really promoted that way of praying that I think yeah. is is really beautiful too. I also believe that you know you can pray in silence. Yeah. That you know, be still and know that I am God. You know, for yeah. God is in His holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before Him. And then uh, let me say something about that. You know that now that comes out of out of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. The prophet Habakkuk says that. Mm-hmm. But you know, in the New Testament, for those of us who are Christian, mm-hmm. in the New Testament, we learn that the body is the temple. Yeah, body is the temple for the Holy Spirit. So when when it says the Lord is in His temple. It's like he's saying, God is in your heart. God is in your heart. Be silent before that divine presence. Mm. That's not the only way to pray, but I think it is one very meaningful way to pray as well. So, um, you know, so there was a, there was a, a a monk, a Benedictine monk who lived in England. His name was John Chapman. Mm -hmm. And he was famous for saying, pray as you can, not as you can't. Mm. so you know I, I mean, we still have an exercise you know because there's charismatic prayer praying in tongues <clears throat> you know you mentioned you know how you use your body are you prostrate are you kneeling you know are you standing with your arms raised out you know mm. 
um, you know, Catholics and, and, and some Protestants will use the rosary beads, you yeah. know, many, many different ways to pray. It's, um, you know, find the way that helps you connect to God yeah. and helps you to be in that, you know, still small voice in that silent, loving presence. Yeah. And, um, and then that's the right way to pray for you. And yeah. somebody else may pray a totally different way. You know, I mean, Fran and I learned, you know, early in our years of our marriage is that we pray in very, very different ways. And I mean, it took us kind of getting used to that, you know, <laughs> isn't that beautiful that we're not all cookie cutters, you know, that God right. be exactly the same. And so, um, you know, so, so trusting that. And also I'm old enough now that I know your prayer, your prayer um, habits or, or your prayer personality, maybe we mm -hmm. should say will evolve over the lifespan too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe when you're young, you know, I mean, when I was a teenager, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, so praying in tongues, that very, yes. you know, effusive, joyful, exuberant way of praying was very, very meaningful for me. Yes. But now, you know, I'm much more, I'm much more quiet, you know, be still and know that I'm God. Yes. Move more towards that contemplative way of praying. It's not like one is better than the other. It's just right. the seasons and, and, in our lives, different ways of praying. Yeah, and I was gonna say, that's important because but just like you said, it's, it's your conversation with God. It's your conversation with Spirit. It's how you connect with him. And, and, and you know, I think as a youngster, I was taught to, you know, that he was this person that, or this being that was so far away and, and oh my goodness, I'm just supposed to be in awe and that, you know, you want me to have a conversation like regular talking to him? What do you mean? You know, I'm those are regulars. You know, and I think, you know, as you get older and as you learn more and as you go through your Christian walk and you have, you know, experiences in your life, just like you said, I'm getting more to that be still myself. You know, I mean, I remember being a teenager and being in in uh, an old Southern Baptist church and, and the Pastor, I got a certificate for talking in tongues. Uh, really? I was like, I have the certificate. I have the certificate. Certified. <laughs> I was like, Mama, look at me. Talking in tongues. I got a certificate. You know, but I mean, it's amazing. You know, it, it, it all depends on your experience. You know, it, it all depends on how you were raised, the environment that you were raised in, how you were taught, whether it was more adoptive and you had a more adoptive way of learning to pray. Or is it more intrinsic where you where you stepped out and branched out and said, okay, there are other ways that we can possibly pray. And that's why I love this conversation because it lets you know there is no cookie cutter way. Just like you said, it's your expression of love. It's your communicating with him. You know, you have people like Dr. Erico that talk about setting a trap for God where he's talking about, you know, and I'm sure you've heard of the book, um, you know, Dr. Erico and and, you know, just talking about that and, and, and what prayer looks like and what it means. And, you know, there are just so many different facets to it, but it's just remembering that it's unique to you, just as you are unique, your, your prayer is unique, you know, and it's, it's your expression. It's, it's how you're communicating with him. It's how you're going about asking him. Like I said, it's not just like I said, it's not a vending machine type thing. It's, it's, what is it, what is your intention behind the prayer? What is it that you're praying for and what is it that you're hoping to get? Uh oh, I lost your, I lost your audio. Oops, sorry about that. There you go. Oh, sorry. 
he's back. Uh, <laughs> uh, I 100% agree with you that God is not a vending machine. He's not just cosmic Santa Claus. Right. I also, and, and I know you feel this way too. I also think it's so good to take our needs to the Lord. Oh, yeah. you know, and 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 to you know to acknowledge you know especially when and especially when you're praying for someone else you know I mean that's mm-hmm. certainly something we learned you know when our daughter was sick you know how mm-hmm. it was important to pray for her you know for me to pray for Fran you know mm-hmm. to pray for I mean nowadays you know we've had a number of friends who've had COVID you know fortunately most of them have have recuperated but we've had a few losses you know to pray for those people in their time of need friends and loved ones who have cancer whatever the situation may be i think it 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 is it is meaningful for our relationship with god to bring our vulnerability to god and and of course one of the challenges and this is something a lot of people struggle with is oh i prayed and prayed and prayed and then the person died anyways, or, you know, or the, the, I didn't get the job, you know, or whatever, whatever the circumstance might be. And, and I truly do believe that God answers prayers, yeah. but it, the answer may not be what we expect. Sometimes you know, the answer is no. Sometimes or not now. Or not That's now, right. or, or I've got or something, I've got something better, better in mind for you. That's you know? right. That's and, right. And so it's, you know, learning. And I think one of the things that, that having a commitment to prayer, and for me, I, as, you, as you know from my book, I'm a slow learner when it comes <laughs> to trust, but prayer does teach us trust. Yeah. And I think if we are committed to being prayerful people, little by little, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, yeah. we will learn to be, to be people of trust. Right. And, and the reality is, is that once, you know, you learn to trust God, then anything truly is possible. Scripture says, with God, all things are possible. And I think the key to moving into that is that trust. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, it's, you know, when you talk about, like you said, answered prayer, you talk about prayer and and that, you know, the answer is not always yes. Or, or you know, I, I had a, uh, a dear friend and, um, you know, she asked me to pray for her mom and, I said, you know, I was saying the prayer and I said, you know, I pray that God's will be done. And she got so offended and I was surprised because she felt that, oh no, you know, you need to, I want you to pray specifically that she be 100% healed. Mm. And I said, but isn't praying God's will doing that? I said, because, you know, he, he's either going to 100% heal her or he may in the next few minutes decide to take her home. So, you know, I said, I'm pray-. so I was praying God's will. And so it's interesting how people interpret what prayer is supposed to, you know, how you are supposed to pray. And, and, and you know, and, and I, I don't want to judge her because I'm sure she, 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 her heart yearns so much to see that healing. Right. And, right. and I know there are a lot of people out there who, who, who teach that you should, you know, you should proclaim, you should claim the, the blessing you're praying for. And I think there's, you know, there, there are obviously different philosophies and different theologies here. Right. Um, but, but I think I'm, I'm on team Kim with this one. I think that, <laughs> you know, that but it what, goes back to trust, just like you said. And what, if I say God's will, I'm trusting that whatever he decides to do in this situation, 
is the highest good. Is the highest good. Is automatically the highest good. And and that, you know, and, and let's be real, you know, the the scripture says the wages of sin is death. We are all going to die someday. We don't like to think about it. It's an unpleasant topic, but it's the truth. And, and there's something about just being honest about the fact that we are creatures with mortality, that most of us, I, I, in fact, I say this in my new book, I say for most of us, it will come way too soon. And or actually, I think I said for nearly all of us, it will come too soon. And for most of us, we will leave behind loved ones who grieve. And that is painful. In fact, I think I'm more stricken by the idea that I will leave behind someone who grieves than by the fact that I will someday go. I, I've got some really cool people waiting for me. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm not in any hurry. Right. Not in any hurry right? Because I've got some really cool people here now. Outside, right, right. But the reality is, is you know, whether whether I'm I'm 80, 90, 100, or 111. Right. You know, when the day comes, you know, it it, it and it will come. But like you say, thy will be done will to be, be able done. to move into that. You know, when our daughter passed away, the well, the, the, essentially she said she was sorry and we were never fully sure what she was apologizing she for. She kept saying it over and over again. But yeah. she also just kept saying, I love you. Yeah. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love you. I'm and sorry. and, and what I realized, I, I, Fran and I talked about this, is that maybe the sorrow was I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was so hard to take care of me. I'm sorry that I have um, to leave now. Yeah. I'm sorry that you're going to grieve. So she was so, as you know, she was very spiritually involved. Oh, she was caring, right? And uh, but, but so so she was expressing that kind of, that kind of, sorrow for us. Right. But then she was also just love, love. I'm in love. I'm. I love you and I'm leaving, blowing you kisses, you know? Yes. And that is just, I think that's what even, even the time of transition can be when we live in that level of trust. Mm -hmm. So it's, right. it's, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, we, Fran and I, you know, our, our church is the Catholic church, you know, and we have a prayer to mother Mary mm -hmm. where, we, where we ask her to pray for us. And we say, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. And the idea is that the hour of your death is a special time, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, again, death is never pretty, whether it's, you know, you're in a car accident or you have cancer or a heart attack or whatever. It's never pretty because the body wants to live and death means the body is coming to its end. But even with death suffering, even with the tears, even with all of the bad things about death, there can still be this spiritual quality. And I know from, from Fran's mother's passing, we were with her, her mother when she passed. We were not with my father at the hour of his death, but within just a couple of days of his passing. Mm -hmm. And of course we were with Rhiannon at the moment of her passing. I, I've seen what a beautiful spiritual death looks like mm -hmm. and it's nothing to be afraid of. Right. And, and again, when you can move into that place, that you know that that everything was it to live as Christ and to die as gain. Yes, that sir. that you know that if I'm not afraid of death, then everything between now and then just becomes an adventure. Yeah. An adventure of love. I love that. And I and I, and I love that you know that the theme of your podcast, the the the, the now, you know, the sacred now, and you know the the miracle of the present moment. Mm 
that I think that that this is one of the things that prayer invites us to. And we might be praying about something in the future, you know, Lord, you know, help me to have enough money when I retire or help me to get that job I'm applying for or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, I'm praying that my book will have a successful launch and, you know, people will buy it, et cetera, et cetera. But, but ultimately, I think it always brings us back right to the present moment because this is where we meet God is in yeah. the present moment. You know, God doesn't say, wait a few minutes and then I'll be in your heart. Right. God says, I want to be in your heart now. Yeah. Be still yeah. now and know that I am God. Not be still and figure it out two months from now. Right. Be still and know now. Well, I have something to add. All right. <clears throat> So at one point in time, and um, I did a, a, a retreat for several days, and I decided, it was a silent retreat, and I decided to sit down and write about all the things that I had happened in my life, that, um, and particularly um, things like situations where I prayed, mm -hmm. and then what happened. And so what I, I ended up doing was starting this journal. Mm -hmm. And so now I can write in the journal when I have, when I pray, I can, I can write my prayers and I do on like on one side of the journal page, I mean, I'm, you know, like on one page, right. but across from it, I leave a blank page because looking back later, it, it might not be at that moment. It might be, you know, a month, a week, a year, 10 years, whenever, at some point in time, I'm going to look back and see that God answered that prayer. It may not have been the way I wanted it at that moment. And yet, when I look back, when you look back from uh, to the back to things that have happened and your prayers, you can see a lot of times that he answered in ways that you had no, you know, you couldn't even imagine. And and they were they were so much better than, than what you prayed for or, or, or they, even if they things didn't always come out the way you thought, uh, sometimes a lot of times you would find out later. Oh, well, you know, it's a good thing such and such didn't happen because oh my gosh, where would I be now? You know, I wouldn't have been here to do this or or whatever. Right. So what I I decided to do is when I have the prayer written on the right hand side of the page, then on the left hand side. Um, I write my A2Ps, that's answers to prayer. So you can look back at my journal and go, oh, oh yeah, I remember when I prayed this and I remember that, that such and such happened. And I'll just make a little note there that this was an answer to prayer, to the mm. prayer that I had. Mm. And so I encourage people, we, we teach people, um, we work at our church and we teach people and I encourage people to start a prayer journal and to do that because there is almost nothing that will build your faith faster than seeing prayers answered. Gratitude. And, I mean, gratitude. Exactly. Yeah, it, it cultivates it's so gratitude, much. Exactly. It cultivates gratitude. It cultivates a greater understanding of God and, and his love for us. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I, I wanted to mention that, that yeah. that a prayer journal is a great faith builder. And yeah. putting in your A2Ps, your answers to prayer, 
is a wonderful way to, to remind you of all the things to be thankful for and to realize how much God's love is holding you. Well, and I think also the nice thing about keeping a prayer journal too is like you said, you can go back and revisit it. And, you know, and there may be something where you're still waiting on the answer. Well, you can say, Lord, just a <laughs> reminder, don't wait on this one. <laughs> And, Look at this and, one dog here, right? <laughs> you know, and 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 it's you know, and this is there there. There's a story I love to tell. Mm-hmm. It's about a woman who was uh, she was a saint, and she lived in Spain. Her name was Teresa of Avila. Mm-hmm. She was famous for she was a nun, and she wrote several books. Several, I mean, again, mystics, you know, spiritual mm-hmm. classic, classical books, and and she was. Uh, very active in her order of nuns and, and helping to establish new convents and things like that. Well, this is in the 1500s. So it's back in the days of, you know, uh, stagecoaches, you know, mm-hmm. horse-drawn carriage. And she's in this carriage and one day and they're traveling and they come to a place where the road has gotten really muddy and the stagecoach gets mired in the mud. Uh-huh. So the, Teresa and her other sisters, they have to get out of the stagecoach the, the driver, and I think there was one other man there, they were trying to get the stagecoach out of the mud and then the axle broke. Oh. So here they are and they're in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's getting dark out. They, they need a new axle for their stagecoach. And the story goes that Teresa kind of like looked up to heaven and she said, Lord, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few. <laughs> And so, you know, and, and I think the moral of the story here is that she was kind of willing to let God have it, you know, <laughs> she was willing to say, you know, I'm, I'm really frustrated right now. Right, right. We, we could use a miracle now, Lord, you know, right. and, 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 you know, and I think some people might say, oh my gosh, that's irreverent, but it's, but it's not irreverent so much as it's honest, right? It's, it's vulnerable. Right. It's, you know. And I think, you know, people think, oh, you can never express your anger at God. And I would say the exact opposite, that if you're feeling angry, God wants to know your heart. Yes. And right. if you've got an angry heart, you know, I mean, it's much better to unburden it onto God than onto another person because the person might get their feelings hurt, whereas God is infinite love. That's right. God can take and, and God will listen and then God will bless you in the way that God knows is best. So, so I'm like, yeah, let God know when you're angry. Let God know when you're sorrowful. Let God know when you're at the end of your rope. All of that is just, you know, and of course the good stuff too. Let God know when you're on top of the world and you're just filled with love and, and, and you know, joy and excitement. You know, the person of your dreams just said they'll marry you. You know, I mean, you want to have those prayers too, <laughs> but um but it's the whole thing, the whole enchilada, you know, yeah, God it's like wants. You said, it's, it's, it's a whole, it's about, like you said, it's a conversation. It goes yes. back to it being a conversation. And just like when we have conversations with people, when we're frustrated, when we're happy, when we're excited, when we're angry, we can have those same conversations. And I think that's what sometimes people forget that, you know, I just need to go to him only when, you know, I need something or only, you know, when, you know, I'm, I'm, hoping that something happens is not back and say sometimes you have to pray for patience you know how many times people say oh lord and it's like 
one, two, three, four, pray for patience. There, there are so many, the sky is the limit for what we can pray for when we have a conversation and we're honest and we're true about those things that are, are in our hearts. He knows our hearts. He wants, like you said, he wants to know our hearts. Yes. And, 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 and the truth is God does know our hearts because God's omniscient, God knows everything. But when we bring our hearts to God, that cultivates the relationship on our end. Yeah. And, you know, and that, that's what blesses us. You know, we, we cannot do anything to make God love us any more than God already does. And we cannot do anything to make God love us any less. Yeah. God's love is the perfect amount of love. We're never going to make God mad so that he turns his, you know, turns away. And we're never going to impress God so that he, he adds extra. It's already perfect. It's already perfect. But the, where the growth can occur is on, on our side. You know, there's that famous bumper sti sticker. If God seems far away, guess who moved? You know, right. but, Ooh, but the, yeah, but the good news is God is always beckoning us to come closer, to come closer, to come closer. And so there's always that invitation to, to, to find God more present in our lives, to, to, to taste and see the goodness of God more mm. and more fully. And so it's, it's, it's an invitation that's always there. And I don't care if you have made the most terrible, awful mistake, you've committed a crime, you, you know, something horrible. Actually, at that point, that's when God is aching for you to turn to God, you mm. know? And so, so there's, you know, there's no sin that is beyond, you know, I mean, I know the Bible talks about the unforgivable sin. Well, I think the unforgivable sin is when you absolutely refuse right. to ever, ever, ever turn to God. And, and even then God still loves you, That's you know, right. God still loves you. I think that, that ultimately there's always, always, always this chance that, you know, that, that we can turn back, we can, we can begin to undo the damage, whatever damage we've done, and we can replace the challenges and the sins in our lives with blessings and with miracles. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. always available. And so, like you know, anybody, if anybody is listening tonight who is suffering or in pain or anything that, you know, or they're, or they're racked with guilt because they've done something horrible, they've hurt someone they loved, whatever it might be, that, that is precisely the time when you want to turn to God because you're turning to in, infinite mercy, infinite love, infinite forgiveness, and infinite redemption. Mm. God, God can, can take however messed up our lives. I was that God draws straight with crooked lines. That's God right. can make our lives better. And so, and, and again, prayer is the key because prayer is our way of saying yes. Mm. Yes, I want you to remake my life. I want you to, to bring me into conformity with your image. And, you know, and I want, I want to let go of anything that gets in the way of you and me, of your love in my life. So right. it's that invitation. It's like you said, it is that invitation, you know, and just like you said, it's saying, yes, I absolutely love that. You, you said that so beautifully. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Fran. Nuggets, you yeah. know, she just said, Oh, I just want to say one thing, and then she dropped this beautiful gold nugget on us. <laughs> she just said, Oh, just a little something. 
I remember. And it was so profound. I'm like, AGP, I'm writing things down, like, answers to prayer. I'm like, wow, this is great. Prayer you know, journals and things like that. Those are wonderful. That was about three and a half years ago. Yeah. We went on that retreat. And I remember you came back and you were just glowing. You yes. had such a good experience. Yeah. And I think it's because you really, you really experienced some intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. That's it. So another thing that I, I think we should mention is um, not just praying to God, but learning to be better listeners. Because it's it's a conversation. Yeah. Um when, when we are, are petitioning God and praising God, we are talking to him. But we also want to cultivate um, the ability to hear him, him respond to us. And I, we may or may not actually physically hear a voice. Sometimes people do. But more often than not, it doesn't usually happen that way. But it could. But when we start tuning ourselves to listen um, by uh, perhaps setting up a, um, a regular time of the day when we sit quietly, um, it, it makes a big difference. It makes it easier. It builds um, your prayer muscle and your, your spiritual ears so that uh, when things are going really hard and you don't have time to sit down, it's easier for you to tune in then because you've got this habit built in. Yeah. You've, the, you've calibrated you've your heart. You've calibrated your heart, yes, to listen and to hear and to, to know what God is, is trying to tell you. Um, I, you know, we mentioned once again our daughter who passed and, um, and that she was so sick for so many years. And for the longest time... Um, I, I, you know, I was able to care for her and so forth, but, um, and with other people's help, it was not just me, but I was her primary caregiver and she had to have a lot of care. Um, for those that didn't know that she had physical and mental and uh, she was very medically fragile and, and paralyzed in a wheelchair and so forth. So um, for a long time, um, I was able to do most of what I needed to tear, to care for her. And, and when Carl came along, that just made, you know, we, we went along, we did great, but eventually um, I needed something else. It was still overwhelming. And I worked with a minister who taught me meditation and it made a world of difference. Um, I, I would wake up, I would just wake up at like five o'clock in the morning and it was like, oh, time to get up, time to get up and go and meditate and, and pray. And I would do that. And that carried me a long way. Um, so she passed when she was 29. But um, that carried me through until she was at least 25 or, or so. Eventually, uh, or maybe a little bit longer than that, but eventually I did have to ask for some um, help from the doctor because the depression of watching her physical um, things, her deterioration physically uh, was just too hard. But honestly, if I hadn't been meditating, I would have needed antidepressants way, way before that. So I guess it's not wrong to ask for help when you need it. And if that means asking a doctor for help, 
that's fine. If that's what you need and that's what your doctor, you and your doctor decide on, that's fine. There's no shame in that. But the meditation yeah, is really, really important. The prayer practice, all of that is very, very important. And it helps you in so many ways to be able to deal with things, difficult things in your life. I think both of these points you're, you're making are really important. Because, you know, again, we, you know, we, we turn to God looking for healing and looking for, for blessings. And, you know, I think sometimes God sends us the blessings in very down-to-earth ways. Yes, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you need alleviation from suffering. Well, maybe you need to talk to a doctor and that doctor can help you out. Absolutely. And that, that could be the way that God brings a miracle into our lives. Mm-hmm. I, I believe miracles come in all shapes and sizes, too. Right. You know, we, 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 all want, we all want the big, you know, the big George Lucas miracle. Right. <laughs> but the reality is, is that that's like winning the lottery. That only happens once in a while. Whereas right. these, these more, you know, kind of down to earth sized miracles, I'd say probably the average person gets at least three a day. The exactly. question is, are we, are we paying attention? You know, you, know, you, you guys are, you, you're hitting on something so profound. And I, you know, I, and, and again, Fran, she's just like, just one more little thing to say. That's just like, epic. <laughs> I love you for that. I love you for that. But yeah, that's exactly, I mean, I, it's, it's interesting because uh, a friend of mine posted something today and she was talking about prayer and she spoke to exactly what you're talking about. She told a story of the man who was sitting on top of the house and, and the waters were rising. And you know, you know, the story where he talks about, you know, first, you know, the robot comes by, you know, he says, Lord, you know, I'm waiting for you to rescue me. And the guy comes by in the rowboat. And then he's like, no, I'm waiting on the Lord. And then the guy comes by in a helicopter. And then the guy comes by in the motorboat. And all these people come by and he eventually drowns. And then he goes to heaven and he says, hey, you know, I was waiting for you. And he was like, well, you know, I sent everybody, you know, I sent all these people. The and you in a helicopter. Yeah, that's what he said. They were, you were waiting for the George, I mean, the you know, the George Lucas. You were waiting for all these, you know, signs and wonders to come. And they were so, so minute. So just like you said, to talk about the importance of when you pray to be able to be in tune, to listen, to to see with your eyes the things that are unfolding before you, because you miss the blessing that he sent to you. You miss the answered prayer because you were too busy looking for it to be more than for the big one. Yeah. Uh, share with you some some kind of nuggets of wisdom from the history of christianity okay you mentioned you know i wrote this book on christian mysticism and mysticism is a big scary word but really all mysticism is is having an intimate relationship with god that's all it is and um be different for each person and every person is different every person's called into a unique relation just like our thumbprints are unique our relationship with God is unique. That's right. But um, there was a there was a, a man named Saint Benedict. Uh, he said, "We believe he he was a, a monk, so he lived in a monastery." Mm-hmm. So speaking on behalf of him and his monks, he said, "We believe the divine presence is everywhere." Yeah. And there was a woman who lived in the 1300s. Her name was Julian of Norwich, and Julian writes, "The fullness of joy." is to behold God in all. Fullness of joy is to behold God in all. And then St. Ignatius, who I mentioned earlier, St. Ignatius of Loyola, uh, living a couple of centuries after Julian, he actually wrote in one of his letters, he was writing advice to somebody and he said, learn to find God in all things. 
So it's like the same message showing up century after century in the history of, 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 of faith and the history of people who, who love God and have turned, you know, their lives towards God is this, this, you know, and I, I, you know, I smiled when you were talking earlier about how you were taught as a little girl that God is like this king up in heaven and we are these mere mortals down below. And, and there's, there is some truth to that. It's because God created the universe. God is majesty. So it's not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just, it's not the full story. Yeah. The full story is that that divine majesty is also poured into our hearts. Yeah. And so God is also divine love. And that love really, we can meet it anywhere. Yeah. We, we, meet, we meet it in, in the laughter of a baby. We meet it in a beautiful sunset. We meet it in, a, in our husband or our wife. We meet yeah. it in, in creative work. You know, and in challenges, you know, people sometimes, you know, you talk to people who are in recovery and they'll say, you know, my, my horrible experience with alcohol ultimately brought me closer to God. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so they, they even will give thanks for having been an alcoholic. Not that it was good to be an alcoholic. It was, it was, a, it was an illness. It was a real mm-hmm. tragic chapter of their lives, but good things came out of it because God brought that out of it. You know, God, God brings good even out of the most horrible situations and so this is this is you know the promise of faith is you're in a messed up situation it's like okay lord what are you up to here you know because i i i believe with all my heart god's up to something you know that's right what's that line from um the best exotic marigold hotel it says everything will turn out all right in the end, and if things aren't all right, then it isn't the end. There you go. <laughs> I love that. I know. It's I love that. Yes, but just like you said, just like just like, like you said, what we've been talking about with with regards to it being a a uh, you know that that our prayer is is a communication, and it's just as much you know, it's just as important for us to you know be able to to have that, that intimacy and to have that connection, but it's also just as important to, to be uh, susceptible to hearing and, yeah. and seeing, you know, and, and being able to record those things and bring those things back to our memory. So it's just such a beautiful, like you said, invitation. It's such a beautiful experience when, when, you, when you see it that way. It is an experience. It is, it is that invitation to, to connect, but, but not just to, you know, stay there and and just throw everything there. I know that they tell us, you know, place our worries and our cares at the feet of the Lord. But you know, and 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 then you know you're taught to to walk away and and to leave those things there. But you also have to, you know, you have to listen. You have to be able to see, okay, what what's happening? Yes, I've left it there and no, I didn't run back to go and get it. But but did I know that he he actually answered my prayer? Or that, that yeah. And where am I being called? Where am I being called to now? Yeah. You know, I I, yeah. I think in my new book I have a chapter where I I talk. You know, as you know, trust is a big issue for me. But I talk about trust, and I say that trust it's like trust is is a member of the triplets. And so the three members of the triplets are hope, trust, and courage. Hope, trust, and courage. And so hope is the way we reframe our fear so that we can let go of them. Mm-hmm. All fear is, or, you know, fear is just like inverted hope. So if you pop it back out to the way God wants it to be, it's not about what we're afraid of. It's about what we hope for. 
Trust, of course, is the relationship. That's the key. That's the, okay, you know, I can trust God because God's in control. It's not all on my shoulders. But then courage is the recognition that God works through us. So we still have a part to play. God may be the one in charge, but there's still something that I need to do. You know, I need to make the commitment. I need to, you know, like, like, yeah, if you're an alcoholic, you need to sober up. You need to go into recovery. You know, you need to start making better choices. Um, and so, but so the three of those kind of go together. You need the relationship. You need to reframe your fears. And then you need to really, and again, that's listening to that still small voice. It's like, what am I being called to do now? Where am I being called to be? And then go do it, you know, mm. really make that response. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I love that we've had this conversation because you know, I, don't, I don't think that many people think of it that way. You know, you, you, get, you get that one-sided view. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm so grateful, you know, for you taking the time to come on and to, to, to kind of, you know, do a bit of a deeper dive. You know, I see you, you got your, she got that finger up. She gave me, she gave me the turkey. She gave me the, one more nugget for you. Drop you it. Got third, nugget. Third, time's, third time's a charm. So yeah, drop it on me. <laughs> okay. You're ready. Yes. Before we wind up here, um, I just went to mention, um, I know that Carl is my favorite author. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have other favorite authors yeah. as well. Um. And, and you've been talking about mysticism. And um, so oftentimes um, I have found um, a lot of spiritual nurturance um, uh, from things I've read and uh, inspirational things. And, um, and one thing that's helped me, that helped me with Rhiannon was discovering an author named Lorna Byrne, L-O-R-N-A-B-Y-R-N-E, Lorna Byrne. She is from um, Ireland and she's written several books. Um, the first one is called Angels in My Hair and it's her story. She sees people's guardian angels and she um, it tells us that every person, no matter who they are, what religion, where they are, none of that matters. Everyone has a guardian angel and that that guardian angel is with you the whole time you're here on this earth, that guardian angel is never leaves you and is always with you and, and takes you to heaven, takes your soul to God when you leave this place. And that was very um, healing for me to hear and to know that because of course, Rhiannon was ill and we knew she was going to pass. And so it was like, okay, but her guardian angel is always with her and is gonna take her to heaven. So um, I just wanted to mention this because um, she says not only do all people have a guardian angel, but that God hears all the prayers and the angels are with you. Um, she says that when you're sleeping, so your angels, when you're up and doing things, your angel is always with you, right? Doing things with you and, and so forth. And you can ask your angel, you can ask for help. You can, you know, and even in the Bible, it says that he sends his angels to watch over you. I don't remember the verse, but I know that it's in there. And, um, and so she encourages you to ask for help. 
that the angels will help you. They come and help you. And there's angels for uh, strength and angels for hope and angels that teach and angels that do that. God is just pouring angels out into the world to help us. And all we need to do is ask for help. But one of the things that I absolutely love that she says is that when we're sleeping, our guardian angel doesn't leave us. Our guardian angel prays over us while we sleep. And I love that image. That just is such a comforting thing. So, um, show the book? yeah, I've got a couple of her books here. Um, so one is um, Love from Heaven. Uh-huh. And one is A Message of Hope from the Angels. And then there's angels in my hair, which we angels have Angels in my Kindle, hair, so. but we have it too. But um, that's her story. And she's a person that um, has some difficulty, um, like she's like some uh, learning disabilities. Uh -huh. um, but she has overcome all of that and the angels have helped her. Yeah. And so I just want you to know about her because Absolutely. I feel like she's very inspirational. Yeah. And she might be, somebody might need to hear that. Yeah. And, so, and like I said, not there's no one religion. It's really for everybody. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. says that that where we need to go is allowing people of all faiths to be able to come together and pray, yeah. however they need to pray. They, you know, and I just love that image. And you know, the word angel really means messenger. So it just it just stands to reason that the angels are the messengers who carry our prayers to God. Absolutely. So, um, and I love that you said that they watch over us and, you know, and, and, and then it makes me think of, you know, they intercede for us, yes. you know, you know, and, 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 you know, even in, in our prayers, you know, we, we have intercessory prayers where we are praying for others. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's beautiful when, you know, you can, you can pray and have that relationship with him, but then when you can also pray and intercede for others, it's a powerful thing to, to be able to see you know, others pray, especially during this time of pandemic, you know, where people yes. are, we're praying for others, we're praying for our country, we're praying for our world, we're praying for those on the front line, we're praying, you know, for healing. For So, you know, it, it, it just takes it to a whole nother level when you talk about interceding for others and, and for, you know, having that conversation and that it goes beyond just us, it goes, you know, into helping and, and, and helping others to be able to get to, into that space of being able to pray as well. You know, sometimes we have to help others to get there. And so there are just so many beautiful facets to prayer and, and, and what it brings and, and what a gift it can be. And, and, you know, you talk about it being the miracle in the present moment. And what is a present? A present is a gift. And so I just, I absolutely, absolutely love that you know, we talked about the importance of prayer and we talked about, about, you know, that it, that it is that relationship. And I mean, I, I could not have thought of two more people who could have bought it, bought it so beautifully. You guys bought so beautifully and, and, you know, just, I think really help people to get into a space of, of seeing, seeing it differently. And I hope that they'll be able to, to take some of the tools, you know, to be able to start a prayer journey, to be able to write down your ATPs, your answers to prayers, you know, those wonderful nuggets to remember, remember to, to listen for that still small voice, to know that prayer is, 
is, you know, can be done in silence. There's no you know, particular way to do it. It's our communication. It's our relationship. It's being able to see it, it, it you know, in its full circle. It's not one-sided. It's not just us being able to, to, to take our concerns and our prayers to him, but we're turning around and receiving what it is that came from those prayers that were answered and not to just walk away and, and just say, okay, you know, thanks. Did you get that? Did you write that down? Okay. <laughs> and then just walk away from it. We, we, we have to be able to listen to that still small voice. So I appreciate so much you guys coming and, and talking about, about prayer, but please, before, before we, uh, you know, wrap things up, I always want to give you an opportunity to, to, you know, leave our listeners with any other little parting words that you think will be beneficial to them with regards to prayer? Um, I would say prayer is a very powerful, powerful thing that we can do. Mm-hmm. And I encourage you to use your power mm-hmm. to, to learn how to use it, to practice it, to mm-hmm. listen for the answers to those prayers. Awesome. And I'm reminded of a, um, of a he this guy was a jesuit priest and he was a scientist his name was pierre teilhard de chardin and he said joy is the most infallible sign of the presence of god let me say that again joy is the most infallible sign of the presence of god so i would say that you know when you pray open your heart to joy. And even, even if your life is a shambles right now, and, you know, and, and I think God sometimes brings us joy. It's, it's like an IV drip. It's not all at once. We probably couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. But little by little by little, God can bring our hearts closer and closer to joy. So I really encourage people to trust that. Trust that God is a God of love. God is a God of joy. God wants our lives to be better, wants us to find rest and, and, and intimacy and love with him. And, um, and, and to just trust that that prayer will lead you to joy. So. Yes. Oh my goodness. There's not anything more. There's nothing left to say. There's nothing left to say. Yep. yep. Do yep. it every day. Cultivate. Every right. day, every day. Just like you said, that's, that, that's the way that, that, we should, you know, like you said, condition, condition that muscle by yes. using it, by using it and being able to, to, you know, get to that space of, of it, you know, being something that's, that's not forced. Mm-hmm. That's never what you want it to be. You want it to be something that is organic. You want it to be something that just comes from your heart and all of those things will follow. So again, I thank you both for being here with me and for talking about prayer. And if you want to know more about Carl, you know, we spoke about it uh, in uh, our episode last week and to, to learn about him and his website and to also uh, learn about uh, or be able to go on and purchase some of uh, Fran's lovely artwork. Uh, you know, uh, Carl has on a lovely shirt and I believe she's made that shirt. I love her shirt. And then she's got on a beautiful scarf. So and uh, my, you guys are going to have to go on on the YouTube channel and check us out, uh, you know, on screen. But you can also go to the website. It is www.anamkara. Did I pronounce it right? 
Anamkara. 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 Yes. Anamkara. Look at me. Oh, okay. So let me, let me spell it for you. It's dot com. Okay. <laughs> and and then you go on. Yes. It, it, I was just going to say, it features my writing, but also we do have an a e-commerce page, a shop page, where you can look at fans art as well. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, please tell them you have a new book that will be coming out and tell them the name of your book and when they can expect the release. The new book is called Eternal Heart, Eternal Heart, uh, The Mystical Path to a Joyful Life. And that comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, where it says, God has put eternity into our hearts. So, yeah. so my book is a meditation on that. And, um, and it'll be out in late June. It's coming from a publisher called Broadleaf Books. And it'll, you know, Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes yeah. & Noble, you know, independent bookstores, you know, yeah. it's, it's available. So, yes, and please go website. on pre-order the book. I've already pre-ordered mine. So I'm already in queue. <laughs> Me and my prime self will be waiting for my book. <laughs> so as soon as it hits, I will have my copy. Please go on and, and, and uh, you know, pre-order the book. I'll go to Amazon and pre-order the book. And again, thank you both for being here with me. I love you with my whole heart. And there's nothing you can do about it. I tell people, I love you like cooked food. I love you like cooked food. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, we yeah. love you too. Yes. And this has been such a joy. We are so we grateful are. for this opportunity. Not not just for the podcast, but really to spend time with you. Yes. yes, I appreciate that. And I love you for it. And and like I said, I love you for the wonderful memories that we have had to share with Rhiannon. You know, those of you who uh, had not heard the podcast from last week, I used to, um, uh, I was one of the teachers in Rhiannon's class back when she was 13 years old. And so we've had many years of, um, you know, spending time together and, and getting to experience the many facets of, of Rian and, and she just blessed my heart and, and I was blessed to know her. So, you know, and happy to still have a relationship with you guys. So again, thank you all, you know, thank you for being here. We thank you all for listening and for joining us for yet another episode of How Now, where we talk about how to live in the now. And until we see you the next time, stay prayerful. And I say, take care. Thank you.